It's time to get in the zone. The Fantasy Football Zone. Hey guys, where else would you rather be? Get involved with the show by following us on Twitter at DraftThatGuy. Want a piece of that championship? Put it in here. This is the Fantasy Football Zone. This week, put on your scuba gear. We're going to do a couple deep dives. Yes, at running backs and wide receivers. Trying to help you get the best value out there in your fantasy draft. This is PJ, Fantasy Football Zone. Being joined by Jerry Donabedian at Rotowire.com. How you doing, Jerry? Good to be on here for the first time. Training camp's well underway now. Preseason action too. Uh, definitely definitely some good things to look out for the next couple weeks with some more starters getting into games. And once again, this preseason, plenty of drama here, including the holdouts, Ezekiel Elliott and Melvin Gordon. They continue. How should we handle these guys and where are they falling right now in uh, some of the drafts out there? I think I'm looking at them a little bit differently uh, with Elliott. I think there's really, at least in you know, as far back as I can remember, and I'm 28, I don't see any precedent for a guy with two years under con- left under his contract uh, sitting out. Yeah, um, I think I think he, you know, it's a little concerning if he doesn't come back till right before week one. But I'm still sort of working under the assumption that's what will happen. Uh, then again, I worked under that same assumption with Le'Veon Bell last year, mm-hmm. uh, and that that didn't go so great for me. But I definitely see Gordon as, you know, being more likely to follow the Le'Veon Bell path, or at least like the Vincent Jackson path from a few years back of sitting out part of the season, uh, then coming back in time to toll his contract for free agency. Uh, So I think I'm probably moving Elliott back to like fourth now, whereas I actually had him number one earlier this offseason ahead of even Barkley. I think now when you look at the big four running backs, uh, I would rather... If I can, I'd rather avoid the situation, but I'm still taking Elliott over guys like David Johnson or DeAndre Hopkins. Right, uh, and then yeah. with Gordon, probably probably move. I was not really drafting him anywhere anyway. Mm-hmm. I had uh, other causes for concern there. So now probably moving him down to like that third round range. So to the guy that's thinking, oh, I'm going to take Zeke, and then I'm going to take Gordon in the second round, probably avoid that uh, scenario because I'm sure there's somebody out there thinking – hey, I'm going to get them both, but then you might be screwed the whole season. Yeah, I would think, I mean, hey, if I'm picking fourth and, uh, you know, it falls that way that yeah. Zeke is still available, I'll take him. I probably, I'm not going to take Gordon in the second round. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not even in the third round, but like some people, are, if they're really getting scared off and Gordon's there in the fourth round, then sure, why not at that point? <laughs> take take um, a stab so at it. It's not, a, it's, not a, it's not the craziest strategy. You know, I, I like the idea generally of being aggressive and playing for first place, trying to build that like perfect team that, you know, goes undefeated or close to it, gets the number one seed. Uh, It's just more fun. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, it's probably in reality. I don't think I'm going to end up with any teams that have both those guys together. Up next, Antonio Brown. I mean, he's back at camp. He's looking for helmet suggestions on Twitter. The feet might be faster now because of frostbite. Uh, where I mean, we were kind of down on him before this. I, I was a little bit, but now with all these antics, uh, where do you think is a comfortable spot for him? Yeah, I, I'm, I think I'm not as scared off by all of it as some other people. Okay. Uh, but definitely, I think before, I kind of had him like right, right below like Mike Evans and George Kittle, two guys I really like, uh, but sort of ahead of like, Keenan Allen, Adam Thielen types, and I think now I'm kind of pushing Brown back more even with those guys as more of like a maybe more of a third round pick than a second round pick. Uh, I do 
I, I do think some of it is kind of just like entertainment value. I don't, maybe I'm giving him too much like credit for self-awareness there, but that he kind of almost seems like he knows that everything he's saying and doing is ridiculous. And so I don't know if I'm just giving him too much, too much credit for like knowing what he's doing, but he did after he lost the helmet grievance, he did immediately come out and say, okay, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to play now. I'm not going to, not going to retire over a helmet. We haven't heard of any other player having issues with the helmet so I assume even if he doesn't get the helmet he wants, he'll be still be a pretty good player. Uh, the foot foot thing is a little more concerning, but seems like they expect him to be back to practice before week one. So I'm going to at least be optimistic that he'll be on the field. Up next, one talk about the Andrew Luck situation. Man, this thing is kind of reminiscent of what happened to him in 2017. Obviously, it's a different injury, and I don't expect him to be out the whole year like he was that year, but kind of the same deal where we hear in the preseason, oh, things are okay, okay, and then all of a sudden we're in the preseason and things are not okay. It sounds like he's going to miss the entire preseason with that calf issue spreading into the uh, foot here. So in fantasy draft-wise here, where are we comfortable taking Andrew Luck? Uh, this one is is, this one is tricky. I think for now, uh, you know, if I'm if I'm drafting later today, it's a stay away. Uh, it's something that there, we were first was reported as a calf strain in May, uh, and it's it doesn't really seem like there's been any progress. They've been like just this past week, we've been getting support of oh maybe it's a high ankle sprain, maybe it's an issue with a bone, maybe it's the calf, uh, maybe it's a different ankle issue altogether. So it's kind of the fact that it's three months later and they're still in the process of figuring out what's wrong, even though they seem to be optimistic that whatever it is, he can either play through it or it's going to heal within the next month or two. It's it's just a lot of lot of uncertainty, and it's the kind of thing where even if he does play through it and maybe is able to play effectively through it, you wonder if it opens him up to you know risk of other injuries or losing some of his mobility where he's not getting those rushing points that we're used to getting from Luck. Uh, so I think it's just. There's there's so many other good options at quarterback. Like why why subject yourself to that uncertainty when you can get similar upside later in a draft with someone who doesn't have this crazy injury situation? Fantasy Football Zone again being joined by NFL managing editor Jerry Donabedian at rotowire.com. And let's get into our deep dive edition here. We're going to go around the league, some of those backfield situations that are ruled by committee. And again, a lot of these are going to be a stay away situation or draft with caution. So we're going to do our best to go through these to help you out because there's going to be a situation in your draft you're facing taking some of these guys. We're going to start off with Dallas, Jerry, with the Zeke holdouts. Who's looking good there? That, that one's really tricky. Uh, I guess Tony Pollard is the guy who seems to have the hype right now. Uh, he was just drafted in the fourth round, and he's been getting run with the first-team offense with Zeke on. Uh, but he's also a guy who was primarily like a kick returner and like scat back in college. So you, you wouldn't really think that he's going to be getting most of the carries if Zeke is gone. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's you're probably looking at a committee with some combination of Pollard, Webb, Mike Weber, who was their seventh-round pick. Uh, more of a, He's more of a traditional power back and actually some pretty good combine numbers and good production at Ohio State that's promising, uh, but not, not a super explosive guy or good pass catcher like Pollard. And then Darius Jackson is kind of just like a journeyman, kind of hung around on their practice squad. Uh, so I guess Pollard is if I had to choose one, but I think it would be a committee. And honestly, I think my move would probably be to try to you know acquire some shares of Dak Prescott, Amari Cooper, if he's healthy, and Michael Gallup, kind of figuring that the real adjustment without Zeke is to have in this committee backfield is that you're going to pass more, be more aggressive. 
Uh, try, try to take advantage of it that way. Now the Chargers backfield. We we know Eckler's back there, Jackson as well to replace Gordon. That, that's a tough decision between those two. And, yeah, it, obviously it's most likely going to be a timeshare, but Eckler proved last year he could – he could put up some good points for you. Yeah, I would. I would still favor Eckler there. I think his, you know, look at his per per carry and per target production. It's been really good. Uh, we did see that in the games Gordon missed last year that Eckler struggled. Uh, he got got a bunch of work and didn't do as much with it. But some of some of that was based on facing tougher opponents in those games. Um, Gordon happened to miss some of the tougher matchups last year, which might also explain. Why he, you know, got to five yards per carry after kind of lingering below four for a while, uh, which was one of my concerns about him. Um, and Eckler is, you know, definitely the better pass catcher than Jackson. So I think even if you have a timeshare, I think it'll be Eckler overall getting more touches, probably more of the scoring opportunities and receptions, whereas Jackson might kind of get some of those like first down, second down carries between the twenties that aren't really worth all that much to us for fantasy points. Up next, we're going to go over to Philly, and there's a lot going on in this backfield. you got the rookie. They just drafted Miles Sanders. They traded for Jordan Howard as well. I mean, a ton going on here. This is probably your most stay-away situation out there, but uh, who are you favoring right now? Yeah, that's been that's actually been for me like a total stay-away. Like I've yeah. done, I think, about 15, 17 best ball drafts now, a bunch of dynasty teams. And I have not touched a single Philadelphia running back anywhere. Yeah. Um, but we have seen the last couple weeks that the beat writers who fought, who cover the Eagles, and they're one of the more uh, reliable groups of beat writers from what I've found over the years, that they've really been talking about Miles Sanders, saying that he looks better than Jordan Howard, better than Josh Adams, you know, better, like he just clearly is standing out in the backfield. And granted, you know, that's from practice. Jordan Howard has already proven proven himself in games. Uh, but I think at this point, it's like if you can get Miles Sanders in the middle rounds, uh, that would be definitely my choice over Jordan Howard. We know Howard isn't going to catch many passes, and because of that, his, you know, his kind of upside scenario might be like what we saw in Chicago last year, uh, where you're basically only getting rushing production, and he's just going to disappear in some games if they're playing from behind or they're playing an opponent that kind of forces them to spread it out and throw a lot. So I think Sanders would be my play there, but probably probably still in most cases just staying away. Up next in Seattle, you got Chris Carson, did put up some decent fantasy games last year, and then you got Rashad Penny, who they drafted high last year as well. Who are you liking in this situation? I've been definitely definitely Team Penny for me. Okay. Uh, I've been pretty, pretty much like all over that uh, throughout the offseason this summer. Maybe having a tiny bit of doubt now. A lot of the stuff coming out of training camp is that Carson looks great, that he's more involved catching passes. Uh, but I still, I still just think Carson's running style. I mean, he's really tough man to tackle, but he's not elusive at all. Uh, so he just he gives and takes a lot of punishment. And I just think long term, it's going to be hard for him to stay healthy. Uh, and I think even if he is improved as a pass catcher, that Penny is probably going to get a little bit more of that work. Uh, so and I just think that you're still you can still grab Penny a couple rounds after Carson. So I think, you know, if you had to draft them in the same spot, maybe slight edge to Carson. But considering you're getting that relative discount with Penny, uh, then he's, you know, faster, more of a big play threat, probably more promising as a receiver. 
I'd rather rather go with the upside there than like the security of knowing that Carson's going to get 15 carries week one. Again, talking with Jerry Donabedian, NFL Managing Editor, RotoWire.com here on the Fantasy Football Zone. We're going to head over to Washington now. Again, Darius Geis, very popular pick here this fantasy season, but you got Adrian Peterson still lurking in the backfield to take away some touches. How comfortable are you with Darius Geis in Washington? Yeah, I, I really like Geis in uh, Dynasty Leagues, but keeper le- in Keeper Leagues, but I just I can't really I, – that's another one backfield where I've just been staying away because it, it really seems like what they want to do is split the carries between Geis and Peterson and then also have Chris Thompson getting catches yeah. and, you know, probably a few carries a game. And it's just when there's three guys significantly involved, you need – for there to be any fantasy value, you need it to be like an offense that's putting up 28 points a game. And I think uh, <laughs> I think we can all agree that's not going to be the case in Washington this year. Most likely not, yeah. So like if the back, if you've got three guys that are splitting like 14 total touchdowns or something out of the backfield, it's I just you know I don't think the prices are cheap enough to even make it worth taking a risk. And guys, he hasn't played. He's not going to play this week in the preseason. It looks like uh, still hasn't been cleared for full contact work in practice. It seems like they think he's going to be back for week one, but they're you know he's not going to be taking 20 carries or anything like that. And, uh, yeah, maybe maybe late in the season, maybe Peterson gets hurt or Thompson gets hurt. Maybe the Redskins are out of the playoff hunt and they just give guys more work. But I, I really wouldn't expect much from any of those running backs early in the year. It's going to be hard to know who's going to get the most touches and the most production each week. I'm going to throw in the Denver uh, running back situation in the deep dive program here because, yeah, Philip Lindsay, fantastic year last year, but you got Royce Freeman, who was the higher draft pick. He's still lurking in the background. Do you think there's a chance Freeman could take away some more touches from Lindsay this year? I don't think there's a threat in terms of taking the week one starting job, but I do think Freeman is going to get more carries uh, than he did last year. I think they're probably going to split the carries some. So I was actually kind of optimistic about Lindsay, figuring that if Freeman took some of Lindsay's carries, then Lindsay could take some of Devontae Booker's targets from last year. But then we saw them go out and sign Theo Riddick, which kind of and amidst like reports coming from training camp about Lindsay dropping a lot of passes, which was something he struggled with last year. Obviously explosive when he got the ball in his hands, but struggled with holding on to short passes. Uh, so that kind of, even though Riddick then immediately got hurt, that kind of signals that they aren't comfortable with Lindsay in that third down role. So maybe now it does go back to Devontae Booker. Uh, and then if we have Lindsay and Freeman splitting carries and Booker getting targets, again, like I said, with Washington, it's probably maybe more production to go around here, but the three-way split just worries me. Uh, it makes me think that, you know, where they're being drafted, that it's going to be hard for any of these guys to really exceed that value. And then I got to go with Buffalo because, well, I haven't talked about Buffalo a lot in the fantasy preview shows, probably for a reason there. But, you know, you got LaShawn McCoy, and now you got TJ Yeldon thrown in the mix. And, I mean, obviously we're like, stay away. But is there any positive, you know, guy to take out of this situation? Uh, I, you know, I think you're kind of onto something with the you haven't talked about Buffalo Yeah, exactly, yeah. Or, or it's Josh Allen, the leading running back there. Yeah, maybe. Even that, I'm uh, I'm not not too uh, confident in Josh Allen yeah. repeating his rushing production from last year yeah. or completing passes. Uh, I think, I guess McCoy, at some point, it's like he's so cheap that, and he's, you know, he's still the starter, yep. ostensibly, that, you know, I guess you could do worse with like a 10th round pick. But it's pretty, you know, they they draft Singletary, they go out and they sign Goran Yeldon. It's it's pretty clear they want to use like a committee. I don't 
can't really like say I'm particularly fond of any of these players, at least at like this point in their respective careers. Uh, Singletary is a guy that I didn't really think should be a third round pick anyway. Kind of a smaller guy, not super fast. I think they're thinking that he showed really good vision and instincts in college, but I kind of think he just beat up on softer competition. So that's maybe the one guy who I could you know, see why people would have some hype around and be excited about, but I don't really buy it. And uh, Yeldon and Gore, it's just, you know, they're role players, certainly at this point in their careers. So I think, think yeah, it's a stay away, if anything, with McCoy. And maybe then, maybe then you're almost drafting him, kind of hoping that he gets cut and signed by another team in Tampa Bay that needs a running back. Mm-hmm. maybe traded for a late round pick, something like that. So we just took a look at some of those tough situations out there. And Jerry, I want your opinion on who are some of those mid to late round backs that you think could provide some consistent numbers and really help you out win in fantasy this year. So I really like Jalen Samuels. I, uh, you know, and that's not, not a knock on James Connor. Mm-hmm. Uh, he played, he, you know, he played really well last year, Connor, but Samuels just has unique unique skills in the passing game, being a guy who played like tight end H back running back mix in college for NC state scored a ton of touchdowns. And then last year when he got the opportunities, I think he got like 26 of 28 targets or 24 of 26 looked decent as a rusher too. Uh, so this year I'd still Connor is still going to get the carries. Like I wouldn't worry about that. Uh, but if Samuel is, you know, in there on the passing downs and we know the Steelers love to chuck the ball around, like, you know, for them, second and six is a passing down. <laughs> I think you could be looking at, like, Samuels catching three or four passes pretty regularly and then also offering that upside where if Connor gets hurt, suddenly he's, like, in the RB1 conversation like we saw toward the end of last season when Connor was out with the knee injury. And Connor being another guy kind of like Chris Carson where he's a huge guy who inflicts a lot of punishment, but also when you, you know, when you're averaging that out over, like, 18 carries a week and all those collisions, uh, certainly there's some added risk for injury maybe other running backs don't have. Fantasy Football Zone. Again, we are talking with Jerry Donabedian. He is the NFL Managing Editor over at rotowire.com. We're going to switch on over to the quarterbacks now. Some guys that we haven't talked a whole lot about here on our draft preview shows, but uh, want to get your thoughts on some of these guys, Jerry. First off, going to start off with Russell Wilson in Seattle. Russell, I mean, he was the leading scorer in fantasy, I believe, a couple of years ago. He's always seemed to be in the top ten, but then last year happened. So do you think he'll uh, rebound this year? Good things for him? I think, I mean, I think he'll be good. I don't, you know, I wouldn't put him certainly as high for fantasy as I would in terms of, like, my real-life opinion of him. Yes, yes. Yes, I think he's, like, an elite quarterback in fantasy. He's probably more, like, second to third tier. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, if if you look at it, he's, like, I think the past five years he's finished, like, something like first, fourth, eighth, tenth, and tenth in quarterback scoring. And that, you know, there's really, really nobody else has had that kind of consistency. Uh, I think right now, and, you know, he's based on like ADP, he's usually about 10th or 11th quarterback drafted. So we've kind of seen that like, he's, you know, a pretty good bet to at least finish in that range. Uh, now, granted, there's not most years recently, there hasn't been much of a difference between like the eighth quarterback and like the 18th. So it's not, you know, I'm not proactively looking to draft him, but certainly I'd expect him to, you know, at least be a, a guy that you're fine with starting. 
think they do want to run the ball a lot. Obviously, we saw last year that they ran way more than any other team. But I think that just kind of some regression to the mean. Like they're gonna they're gonna have to pass a little bit more this year. Their defense looks pretty weak aside from Bobby Wagner. So I think we'll see him get a few more attempts. Maybe lose a little efficiency, and that probably probably cancels out to a similar season. Next guy, I want to mention, he's starting to get a lot of love here because he's had a couple good preseason games. New York Jets quarterback Sam Darnold. What's your thoughts on him? Uh, yeah, I love Darnold. I think I think you're probably that's probably more of like a two quarterback league or super flex league kind of guy. Yeah. Um, you, in most leagues, you don't really need to go that deep at quarterback if you're only starting one and you've got ten or twelve teams. Uh, but yeah, if you look at him being drafted in the same range as guys like Andy Dalton or like Matt Stafford, like absolutely, I prefer the upside with Darnold. Uh, you know, you got a new coach, Adam Gaze, maybe not my favorite coach, but a competent guy and some new weapons with Jameson Crowder and obviously Le'Veon Bell coming in. Um, looks pretty good, a little inconsistent, but good at the end of last season. Uh, so yeah, I definitely expect him to take a big step forward. I'm not sure that it'll be like a top 10 fantasy step forward, but mm-hmm. at least into like that middle pack of quarterbacks where you know, if you're, your starter's on a bye week, you're fine with throwing Darnold in there. Up next, i got to ask you about Lamar Jackson. I might personally have to keep him in one of my keeper leagues coming up here, so my nuts for doing that. I know the rushing yards are going to be there, but will the passing yards be there in the end? I, I think the passing numbers will be ahead of where they were last year. I don't think they're going to be – I don't think they're going to compare to, like, other quarterbacks that you would draft in that same range. But, you know, other quarterbacks you draft in that same range, aren't going to be getting 10, 12 carries per week. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm definitely very excited about Lamar Jackson, both as a fantasy owner and as a Ravens fan <laughs> here in Baltimore. Uh, so I guess I guess I'm a little biased. I've also got him on a dynasty team, and I'm hoping to trade for him on another, plus being a Ravens fan, so kind of caution there. But I'm very optimistic that, you know, the – Rushing production and a little bit of improvement in passing will be a combination that makes him a guy that you're pretty confident starting week in and week out. You're violating one of the fantasy rules. You're not supposed to draft the guys you like, right? Yeah, you know, <laughs> it's actually as a Ravens fan that's been pretty easy. Like when Kyle Bowler, Joe Flacco, and quarterbacks, it's like pretty easy to just set that rule for yourself. But Kyle Bowler uh, can throw through the goalposts, so I mean that should be like three points. It should have been from his knee. Been, yeah, fantasy football zone again. We're joined by NFL Managing Editor, rotowire.com, Jerry Donabedian. Going to switch things over to the wide receivers now. Again, we're taking a deep dive on this edition. So, Jerry, who are some of those mid to late round wide receivers? I know in our leagues when I'm drafting, it's like I don't want to take any of these guys. But these are the guys that actually help you win the championship. So who are those guys you're considering here in your drafts? I guess one of the first that comes to mind for me is D.D. Westbrook. Yes. Yeah, kind of in that, it's funny you talk about that range, it's like you get to like the sixth, seventh round, and you're like, oh, I don't want to pick any of these guys. And yes. then by like the ninth, tenth round, you're looking at like similar guys, and you're like excited to pick them again because now it's like, oh, it's late enough that now, you know, now they're sleepers. Now I don't, I don't feel like I just missed out on like the superior tier of players. Uh, so yeah, D.D. Westbrook definitely one guy uh, in that range. You know, the Jag- Jaguars just don't really have a lot of options on offense. You look at Marquise Lee, maybe not being ready for Week One maybe not doing anything, even if he is Jeff Swain at tight end. Uh, they don't have, like, an established pass catcher behind Leonard Fournette at running back. Uh, Nick Foles is – I'm not huge on Nick Foles, but he's not Blake Bortles, and that's definitely a plus. So I think you just – I just look at that, and I see, like, D.D. Westbrook probably getting six to seven targets every week. 
and where he's being drafted. Even if he's not super efficient with those targets, that's still a nice value. Should be a pretty consistent guy. I got to ask you now about Hardeman in Kansas City because now Andy Reid once again is mentioning how he looks like Tyreek Hill. So people might get excited about that. So I want to get your thought on him and maybe some other rookies out there this year. Yeah, I think Hardeman to me more is more late round than middle round. Uh, sort of like, you know, in that range, like right before I'm getting ready to take a kicker in a defense. I'd, I'd like him, I, but I do think that you look at like week one when you've got, you know, Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, and Sammy Watkins, there's just, there's just not a ton of opportunity to get the ball in his hands. Like if you look at what guys like Chris Conley and Demarcus Robinson did last season, it was just hard for them to get more than three or four targets per game. They obviously had some nice touchdown opportunities just with Kansas City constantly being in the red zone. Uh, I would I love Hardman for you know dynasty or keeper leagues. I think that Watkins isn't going to be in Kansas City probably beyond this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then you look at there being a lot of opportunity. But I think now when you're drafting him in the late round, it is sort of like uh, it's sort of angling for that scenario where Watkins has the foot issues crop up again, or Hill whether it's an injury or the off field stuff comes up again, like. I kind of, or even like Kelsey getting hurt, I think you kind of need one of those guys to be out of the lineup for Hardman to be a reliable fantasy guy, even if he is a really good player and he does like open up what the Chiefs do on offense and help them in real life terms. Going to ask you now about the Jets situation. You got Robbie Anderson, Quincy Enua. Who do you like in that one? So I actually, I'm going to go a totally different direction. I actually like Jameson Crowder. Okay, well, that too, yes. Uh, as the slot guy there, I think usually with like a slot guy, we worry that you know they won't be on the field all the time because you know when the team is using multiple tight ends or a fullback, they're not. You know, the slot guy is usually the one that goes off. But in the Jets' case, they don't even have a fullback on the roster. They don't have any depth at tight end, and their starting tight end, Chris Herndon, is suspended for four games. Plus, they've got a coach, Adam Gaze, who like historically dating back to Denver and Miami was very heavy on his usage of three receiver formations. I think, you know, Crowder is going to get like just as many snaps basically as Anderson and Anunua. And with having a young quarterback and Gaze's history of just loving those short passes, I think it's actually going to shape up to where Crowder is going to lead the team in catches or possibly Le'Veon Bell. Now, granted, Robbie Anderson is going to do, you know, each of his catches will be more valuable He's going to be going further down the field, probably have more touchdown opportunities. But also because of that, you're paying a much, much higher price for him in drafts mm-hmm. and auctions. So I think Jameson Crowder is one of those guys kind of like you can draft in that McCole Hardman range with one of your final few picks. And you might end up getting like 70 catches for 900 yards and a handful of touchdowns out of him. Uh, and in that range, you know, someone who is like your wide receiver for, that's a really nice pick. Up next, Jerry, want to get your thoughts on the Patriots wide receiver situation. This has changed a little bit here because I thought Julian Edelman, yeah, and for sure, you know, speaking of slot men like we did with Crowder, he's going to get the looks. But now the word comes out from the NFL, the suspension is over for Josh Gordon. So he's going to be mixed in there as well as Enkeel Harry, the rookie they just drafted from uh, Arizona State, and also Demarius Thomas, who's lurking as well. So uh, what do you think of the Patriots wideout situation? So I actually, I'm, I'm still going with Josh Gordon. I know it sounds okay. a little crazy, um, but I think all those other guys, you sort of, even if they get the starting job, I just don't, unless Edelman is hurt, I just don't see there being a lot of targets. I think Edelman, James White, Sony Michelle are going to be the foundation of this offense. And we're going to see guys like Harry, Philip Dorsett, Maurice Harris, 
whoever it might be, eventually maybe Demarius Thomas, but he's probably going to start on PUP list, miss at least the first six games. Uh, you know, it's going to be a, a behind those top few guys I mentioned. It's just going to be spread out, inconsistent, might be in and out of the starting lineup. And Gordon's kind of the one guy where we know he'll have a big role. Like he showed last year that he's just too good to keep out of the starting lineup. If so if I'm, you know, just kind of throwing a late round pick toward it, figuring, hey, you know, Tom Brady offense, there's going to be touchdowns to go around. I'd rather go with Gordon. Like I almost prefer the uncertainty of this to the lack of upside, I guess that at least how I perceive it with the other guys. And about to wrap things up here again, talking about Jerry Donabedian, rotowire.com. How can they get interactive with you during the season? I'm on Twitter a lot. My uh, handle is rotowirenfl underscore JD. And my uh, writing columns regularly on rotowire.com. But yeah, I'm on Twitter a lot. I actually just posted a poll asking uh, in a best ball draft if I should draft Patrick Mahomes, Damian Williams, Keenan Allen or Adam Thielen at number 29 overall. Oh. Uh, and I ignored everyone's advice and took my home. <laughs> I was going to say that too because everyone hates quarterbacks in taking them early, but I mean, at that point, the value, the production, I, I think you went the right route there. Yeah, yeah. I was kind of just like to post those polls just to see what people think. I was actually, apparently, people thought I should take Keenan Allen, who was like the one guy that I really just wasn't yeah. <laughs> at all there. Kind of like the boring the boring pick, I guess, the safe one. Once again, rotowire.com's Jerry Donabedian. Again, Jerry's going to be joining us every week throughout the season as, yes, we're starting to pick up here those fantasy drafts. A lot of them coming up. Best of luck to you in yours. And let us know how you did, if, especially if you got a big steal, late round steal. You want to let us know about it. Again, you can interact with us. Draft That Guy on Twitter. You can find us there. Again, subscribe to the podcast to get the latest episodes. Right when we upload them, you get them all right so subscribe to us that way as well give us a five-star rating if you want to as well so again thanks for joining us this week here in the fantasy football zone we'll talk to you again next week follow us on twitter at draft that guy this is the fantasy football zone